Hello my friends, summertime is on its way. That means warmer temperatures are going to be here before you know it. Are you ready? Don't let the hot air sneak up on you. Call my friends at American Heating and Air Conditioning today. Dusty and his team have over 35 years of experience on their side and they can resolve any heating and air conditioning problems that might come your way. Call 918-336-9171 today. Don't delay. Call 918-336-9171. American Heating and Air Conditioning. You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I as Christians are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Yeah, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. So excited that you're here with me today. Um, man, I just... I have an overwhelming sense of gratitude today. I'm really thankful for who Jesus is and what Christ has done on my behalf. Because, man, honestly, I don't, I don't deserve God's mercy or God's grace. And I'm going to tell you, it's just been one of those things that I am just, I'm so thankful. And I woke up this morning just with a grateful heart. And today I want to talk about something that is a little, um, it's not easy. Um, <clears throat> there's a guy that I've read a couple of his books and, and he's a lawyer and he told this story about going to Uganda. And when he was in Uganda, he was in a Jeep with the guy that had brought him there and he, they were driving in this Jeep and he was, was taking his hands and he was, he was opening and closing them in like a wave and he was and he was waving at these kids and he just had his hands just sort of kind of like a pac-man they were like open close open close open close i'm i'm doing it right now you can't see it on the radio but (laughs) open and closing open and closing and he was uh just waving and, and and smiling and laughing and a couple kids were chasing the jeep they weren't going very fast obviously the kid was chasing the jeep and then another kid and then all of a sudden there was like four more and then all of a sudden like half the village was following their jeep and he looked over at his the guy that was driving the jeep he's like what in the world is going on he said man what you're doing right now that means follow me <laughs> I, isn't that i mean I think that's a lot of the times what we end up doing is we we look at Jesus and we look at the commands of Jesus and what he tells us to do and we just wave at him and we agree. And I think there's an a, there's a huge difference between agreeing with Jesus and actually obeying Jesus and doing what Jesus has called us to do. And so I I just I want to talk about um loving our enemies today. Loving our enemies. That is, I mean, because it's anybody that's listening got an enemy, got somebody that they, they just, they don't like, somebody that they're not a big fan of, because, uh, yeah, I got an enemy or two, and guess what? After reading the Bible, 
I've come to realize we don't have we don't have the ability to to harbor up a grudge against our enemies. We've got to man, we got to love our enemies because that's what the Bible tells us to do. So I'm going to jump in. I'm going to read this today. It's Matthew chapter five, and it's going to be verse forty-three. Is where we'll start. You've heard it said of old that you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you to show that you are the children of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the wicked and on the good. And he makes rain to fall on the upright and on the wrongdoers alike. For if we love those who love us, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do that one. And if you greet only your brethren, what more than others do you, are you doing? Do not even the Gentiles or the heathen do that. You therefore must be perfect. Who growing in complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly father is perfect. Whoa. Like that's, I read that out of the new living translation. That's, that's really big. I mean, that, that's a, that's a tall order. Um, that last part of the verse says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. How in the world is that going to happen? It's, like that's big. Like love your enemies. What in the world? Like that's, where did that come from? Like the first part of that text really seemed confusing when you start reading it. It says, you've heard it said of old. You should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Well, where did that come from? There was teaching that that you didn't have to love your enemy. And Jesus was combating that. And he says, no, I know you've, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, but you can hate your enemy. Jesus flips everything on its head. Like he changes the game. He comes in and he says, listen, this is, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. Love your enemy and, and pray for those. Do good for those who persecute you. Like that's opposite of everything that the world teaches us right now. If somebody does something bad to you, if somebody does, you know, is mean, somebody that steps in and, and does something horrible, like our first go-to is vengeance. We want to get vengeance, right? The, the Bible tells us very specifically Vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. So it's God's job to enact vengeance. And I know that sometimes you're like, man, Jesus, are you wanting me to you want me to carry out your will? I can be the vengeance guy if you want me to. I'm like, there's parts of us that want to do that. But I'm read you read the text and you're just like, whoa, whoa, wait. Amazing. You mean people interpreted some of the Bible wrong and somebody told somebody to hate their enemy because that's what they thought the Bible said? Amazing. Like that never happens, right? <clears throat> oh, imagine that. Humans not getting God's word right. Oh man. But man, here here he is. He comes in and he says, No, no, no. This is how this is gonna work. You don't hate your enemies. You're actually gonna love them. You're gonna take care of them. You're going to pray for them. You're gonna do good towards your enemy. What? <laughs> that's just one of those things I'm like, holy cow, that's incredible. So keep going. I've heard so many people say stuff like, 
God must be really angry with this certain group of people because look at you know look what happened like they got there was a flood or there was an earthquake or there was this thing that hit um, that that city or that that country so God's probably angry with him which okay I want to go ahead and just say this up front maybe like there's a possibility that God uses the weather God uses earthquakes God uses natural disasters to punish people for their sin I, I I'm never gonna say that he would not do that because historically he he can and does do that in the Bible but I I want us to be really careful when we just carte blanche throw that out there because the Bible t- gives us really specifics here in Matthew chapter 5 he says he makes the sun to rise on the wicked and on the good and he makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. The, the upright and the wrongdoer both get these things. It could just be, you know, it, it's just going to rain or it's just summertime and it's hot. And so there's, you know, or there's just an earthquake for earthquake's sake. I, maybe. So we just have to be really careful when we just carte blanche, throw it out there and say, this is the reason why this happened. It might. Like God takes sin seriously. So we do need to be careful with that. But I, your heavenly father, he makes the sun rise on the good and on the bad. Like that's, that's what we just need. Just be be careful there. Uh, let's keep going to verse 46 and 47. This, and this is the, uh, this is the crux of the matter here. I want us to just really dive into this. <clears throat> if we only love those who show us love, verse 46, 47, for if we love those who love us, what reward do we have? Do not even the tax collectors do that. So if we only love those who love us, is that really impressive? Is that really a great, amazing, powerful thing? Like, no, it's it's really not. Like the gospel is, is a story of God's redemptive power against the people who are his enemy. Like we were his enemy and he steps into the gap and he loves us even though we deserved his wrath. And he steps in and he loved us when we were unlovable. I mean, think of that Matthew West song, Forgiveness. Uh, the, the wording that he has there, show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me to be, or to do the impossible. What's the impossible? To love and to forgive someone who has done something wrong to you. Like that's the impossible, like that's the incredible thing is that Jesus loved us. (laughs) He loved the unlovable. Jesus loved the unlovable and he reached the unreachable and he, he did the impossible. He loved someone that deserved wrath. Like he loved someone that deserved wrath. That's, that's incredible to me. What a beautiful picture. Like that's a beautiful picture of how much God loves us. Um, in Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 through 22 says this, For if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will will reward you. So what would it look like if you had an enemy and you fed them? If you if you had a pizza delivered to their house, like if like think about that, if you had a pizza delivered to their house, um, and just let them know, Hey, I love you. And more importantly, God loves you. Um, so several years ago I was sharing this text with a group of students 
And I, and I said that in the middle of the message. And I was like, you know, what would it look like if you sent your enemy a pizza? What would it look like if you fed them, if you took care of them? And the youth pastor messaged me a couple days later and said, I did what you told me to do. And I was like, I'm sorry, what did I tell you to do? <laughs> he said, I sent my enemy a pizza. He had had this ongoing battle with a family member. Just, it was rough. It was, I mean, they were button heads like crazy. And he had the pizza delivery guy write that on the inside of the pizza box. Just, I want you to know I love you. Or, um, you know, just from, and then he signed his name. He said a couple of hours later on Facebook, that family member posted a picture of the pizza box and said, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Like, that's, that's, that's the story, man. So incredible. Not only did he feed his enemy, but he fed his enemy's kids. So it's one thing to take care of your and to love your enemy. It's a whole bit. It's a bigger game to even love your enemy's kids and to feed and take care of your enemy's kids. Like that's buy, buy food for someone that you don't like, and that's gonna that's gonna be a blessing on you. How do I know? Because the text tells us what. For you're gonna heap coals on their head. They're gonna have coal like that. That means they're they're gonna they're gonna feel bad for being mean to you. You heap coals on their head, and what the Lord will reward you. You get the blessing out of that when you step out of your comfort zone and you actually go and give your your enemy food and water. How insane is that? So God calls us to do something in this in this text, and this is what we're called to be and do. Like. If you love people that only love you, that's not a like that's not fantastic or amazing. Like that's easy if you love people that love you. It's a it's an otherworldly and a godly thing. It's a Holy Spirit driven thing if you can love people that are your enemy. Because that's what Jesus did for you. Jesus loved you when you were unlovable. Jesus loved you when you were his enemy. Like that's <laughs> That's the thing that's incredible. Romans chapter 5 tells us that while we were enemies with God, while we were still dead in our sins, God came after us. God loved us when we were unlovable. God forgave us when we were unforgivable. So that's what we're called to do. We're called to love people even when they're difficult, even when they're it's tough to love them. That's, oh man, that's so big. That's so big. Okay, guys, so I want to take just a few minutes to just have a mini break in the middle of this broadcast. Um, We have some incredible friends who are amazing, and they love to help us get the gospel out. We've got a couple different people that that help us with that. Uh, One of those guys is uh, DSR here in Bartlesville. They're incredible. They do amazing things. They help us out so much. Um, another organization that helps us out with our online side of things is Outpost Coffee. If you wanted to get your enemy something that would really just heap coals on their head, get them a coffee. Like pick them up an Outpost Coffee. Like have one delivered. Like pick one up and have it delivered, or or get a gift card for them. Like that would absolutely change the game in my mind. If somebody that I was enemies with dropped off an Outpost gift card to me. Ooh, man, how incredible would that be? Seriously, though, um, help us support these guys. Um, outpostcoffeeco.com. You can pick up uh, amazing caffeinated beverages there. Um, just love love our sponsors and our, our partners. So great. 
All right, let's continue in the second half of this this study of Matthew chapter 5. Because you keep going, God tells us in verse 48 what we're supposed to do. He sets an unattainable standard in the Bible. He says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Oh man, like that's that's a difficult one to hit, right? That's a difficult thing to, it's not just difficult. Anybody that's listening to this, are you perfect? Do you have this thing? Are you walking on water? Because <laughs> I'm sure not. So God calls us to do something in this next part of this verse. You, therefore, must be perfect. And then I have the New Living Translation. It says, growing in complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly father is perfect. So be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Whoa. Like that's a Christ has set an unattainable and impossible mandate out. We're to be perfect. Like, because we can't walk into the presence of God as a sinful being. We have to be perfect. And this is what the the law demands. In fact, James chapter two says, for whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point has become guilty or accountable for all of it. Like the standard that God has set is this. You got to be perfect. You have to be perfect. Like I need you to see this. The standard is impossible to meet. God could not and would not allow sin to enter into his presence. He'd be compromising his character. This is why the gospel is so important. This is why understanding who Jesus is, is so important. Christ did something on our behalf that we could never achieve on our own. And as a result of that, we're the benefactors. We're the ones who get the benefit of what Christ has done on our behalf. We get eternal life. We get forgiveness. We get reconciliation. We get redemption on our behalf. And his perfection is, and this is a big church word, imputed. That means it's just placed. His perfection is placed in us. His perfection is imputed or assigned or given to us. So when God sees me, when he sees you, he doesn't see Caleb. Rather, God sees Jesus Christ in me. So therefore, every sin that I've ever committed Every vile thought, every harsh word, every violent act that I have ever done has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. God's wrath was satisfied when his son stepped in front of me and said, I'll take his punishment. I'll take what he deserves. And guys, listen, I'm okay if God only sees Jesus in me and doesn't really see me because I get the, I get the benefit of who Jesus is because in reality, Jesus is all I need. He is he is the end all be all. So as you sit here today, as you listen to this broadcast, and if you're sitting and you realize, man, God has called you to something. He's called you to perfection. And the only way to get there is to put your hope and your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ. Going to church is not going to get you to the status of perfection. 
Having a having a good membership role is not going to work. All those those are nice things. That's not what God. That's not what God requires. Going to church won't do it. Being a good person won't do it. Only truly placing Christ where He needs to be as King of your life will satisfy. That's it. Like that's it. You can't get any other thing. And here's the thing: if you're gonna, if Christ rules and reigns in your heart. You'll forgive much because you've been forgiven of much. You'll love people that are unlovable because Jesus loved you when you were unlovable. Christ will step in and transform your heart. It's it, That's it. Going to church isn't going to do it. Only being truly placed in Jesus Christ, being in Christ, will satisfy God. Romans 8.1 says there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So it's reason to think that if if you're outside of Christ, there will be condemnation. But if you're out, but if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. There's only blessing if you're in Christ. That's it. Only blessing. Period. Only blessing. And so, what I want you to see and what I want you to hear is this: if you've even remotely doubting that that you're outside of Christ, now is the time to repent. Now is the time to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And if you need to repent of not showing your enemy love, then just take a moment to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. And he promises us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And then what's the next step in this? Once once you repent, what's the next step? Do something to show love to people that are difficult. Love difficult people because you we're a difficult person at one point and Jesus loved you. That's the next step is do something. Step out of your comfort zone and do something that requires you to show off the love of Christ. Do something to show the love of Christ to someone. It doesn't have to be anything fancy or huge. Just buy a pizza for somebody. Buy a coffee for somebody that you consider your enemy. And see what God does. Like I just, I genuinely, genuinely believe that this kind of stuff will transform people's lives and transform their hearts. It's going to be different if we let Christ rule and reign in our hearts. When Christ, when Christ rules and reigns in our hearts, and it's it's going to be a game changer for us. Like it's it's like an all access pass. It's a game changer for you and I because it's outside of what the world calls normal and good. We do what Jesus has called us to do. And man, it, it's it's upside down compared to what the world says. And I'm telling you, <laughs> the Bible tells it, the Lord will reward you. So love you guys so much. Thanks so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast today. Have an incredible week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.